spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Fat Tuesday. Not pretty hot and tempting. Actual fat because I ate a lot too this weekend. Why are we not in New Orleans? Uh, I don't know. Have you ever been there for Mardi Gras? I've not been there for Mardi Gras, but I've been to New Orleans. But man. I won't go during Mardi Gras. I found the baby. Oh, fantastic. No, the baby was (laughs) missing. I found the baby. So what does that mean? What is that? Good luck for you. Yes, good luck. I don't get it. What is that? It's baby Jesus. Okay. Baked into the king cake. All right, we had a king cake here at the station, and you got the piece with... uh, I got the one with baby Jesus And what does that mean for you? It means that I have an entire year of fabulous luck and good fortune because I found the baby. Good. I hope some of it rubs off on this Mm. show. I'll try to make sure that happens. Okay. It's right there. It's fantastic. I didn't know the baby was missing. And the cake is delicious, too. Yeah. Hey, would you rather go to, I don't know, Ukraine or uh, New Orleans? First of all, I'd rather go to New Orleans, yeah. but it uh, depends on the time of year. Uh, <laughs> here's the the thing. This weekend, surprise. Yeah. Did you see? So Biden goes over there this weekend. He did. Very stealth-like. He snuck out early in the morning at 3.50, got on a like a C-130 transport, then landed. You have the whole timeline. Yeah. Landed after a 10-hour flight, hops on a uh, another little plane, zips over to Poland, mm. gets on a train for 10 hours, heads to Kiev, then uh, goes there. And, you know, the Russians knew about it. They warned the Russians, hey, look, he's going there. Be prepared. Blah, 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 blah. Kind of give him a heads up. And then from there, heads back today, gives a big speech. You know, the kind of speech that you want to give, right? About Ukraine, the war. We're doing it all. Ukraine is still for the fight ahead. Huh? The United States, together with our allies and partners, are going to continue to have Ukraine's back as it defends itself. Are we? I do want to know, are we? We're giving them a whole lot of stuff, man. We they got tanks. They've got bullets. They've got arms. We've, we've sent them millions of dollars of stuff. Billions. Okay. $50 billion. That's more than what they spend on defense in Germany. Yep. Yep. I do I do think though that was a pretty courageous trip. That yeah. is a dangerous place to go. Uh and I don't know about calling the Russians by the way. Why would you call your your biggest enemy and say, "Hey, listen, our most important uh politician, our our guy the president, he's going to be driving in, so don't shoot him down." I think I'm to, like, to wait send a second. A message that, look, we're not interested and he reiterated that today. We're not interested in a war. We don't want this thing to escalate. Be prepared that he's going to be there so you're not shocked. Mm-hmm. A kind of heads up. Putin comes out, he's pissed and angry because ah, I'm angry about it. He suspends the arms deal to start treaty with the U.S., right. uh, which is a nuclear arms. Basically, we have... I think it's 1,550 nuclear war tipped warheads, you know, and then we have another 770. That's kind of where everybody's at. We may have more, but those are the active ones that we have. And what we used to do is we'd go check out what they have and they'd check out what we have, make sure we're not doing anything crazy. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, uh, we haven't done that in three years because of COVID. So nobody's gone and checked, and then this has made it so he wants to suspend it. He wants to push and push, and he paints the picture. We're Russia. We're bad. We're all of these things because everybody hates us, and it's us against the world. And and look, did we push him into some of these things? Oh, there's no doubt, if you're honest with yourself. Did the West encroach a little bit and do some stuff that maybe made them uncomfortable? Yes, but he said it's Nazis, that's why he was there. Now it's the West is why he was there. Mm. Make up your mind of why you invaded your neighbor. Yeah, there is no why. I mean, he just wants to create the Soviet Union again, and this is where he's going to start. So, boy, he wants to be Alexander the Great. But don't you think that Putin was furious over the weekend? Because oh. he's like, okay, we're a, we're a year in. We thought this would take a couple weeks. Uh, it didn't, obviously. We're, we're actually losing. 
Um, and Biden goes and walks the streets a year after. Because remember with the, the, with the sirens going off at one time. I know. Remember when we were here a year ago and we're like, oh, this is going to be a massacre. It should have been. It should have been a massacre, but and it we, never was. I don't think anybody thought that. They, everybody thought that NATO was going to fall apart. Right. Everybody thought that nobody was going to give them the kind of help they wanted. The issue is coming, though, and it's the off-ramp. Both sides need to pick an off-ramp. The off-ramp for the, the, the Ukrainians is, guys, there's a portion of your country that is 20% Russian. Uh, 20% of it is seriously believes they're Russian. They're Russian-speaking. That's what they want to be. They voted on it numerous occasions, and you guys need to figure this out. And then Russia needs to figure out, look, the rest of this country needs to be itself. You can't take it over. You've got to let them be yourself. Just because you think you have moral high ground that they're encroaching. And If I think I have moral high ground on my my neighbor, it doesn't mean I'm going to rob his house right. and, and, and rape and pillage his family. No, it's true. It's been brutal. I mean, what they've done to the Ukrainian people is disgusting. They, they They've kidnapped children from Ukraine. Six thousand of them. They're brainwashing them yeah. in camps. So yeah, it's it is it's as brutal as you could possibly imagine, and maybe you can't even imagine it. But I think the message over the weekend, well, there was two. You know, Biden. You know, does he? You know, the way he walks around, the way he talks, everybody. He's weak, and it's not a weak thing for a president to go. It's the first time we've had to, a president in a war yeah, like that yeah. wandering around since God knows when. I know. Probably back to World War II. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that says something. He's not, it does. He's old, but that doesn't mean that he's a coward. No. Okay. So, again, I'm not a big Joe Biden fan, but I think, you know, showing up in uh, in Ukraine unexpectedly over the weekend uh, and you're in harm's way. I mean, that, that, that's, that says something about courage. The second thing is it's a big, big middle finger to Putin. He's like, you thought you were going to win this thing in a couple weeks. Now it's the year anniversary and I'm walking around Kiev and you can't have it. And it's almost like, uh, you know, he went there to show that uh, this that the Russians can't win this war or they're not going to win this war. So I think there was there was a couple reasons for him to go. And, and the other thing is because he sent so many bizarre mixes. Like two weeks ago tonight, he gave the State of the Union, and it was we're gonna un, we're gonna do anything in the world right. to back you guys. Then last Tuesday it was, hey, there's a timeline and a money line that you guys are getting close to cross, you know, crossing. You guys got to figure out an off ramp. And at the same time, it's like you guys aren't getting airplanes, but you should trade train for them. Mm. But then you've got the issue that goes a little further, which is the issue that some people should be talking about, is the fear of the tanks. We don't want to be seen as somebody who's giving somebody the the something to be aggressive. China's now said they're coming over in the spring. Xi and him are going to get together because they all hate us and they would love to destroy America. And we got to get our heads out of our butts and figure out what we're going to be about. Are we going to be strong in this? Are we going to sit back and allow some stuff to happen? What What is it we going to do? We, can just we did both. Compl- we just did both those things that you just said. We are going to let some stuff happen, and we are going to be strong. By but are we going to be isolationists of- and allow them to do whatever they want to do as long as it isn't our ally and friend? Mm. That's the big question. Because she's sitting here. Because here's one thing. Both of these guys are on the, the, the latter side of life. Like, China's always been about there's a long-term, long view towards the world. That's great, but Xi wants it now. What does he want? He wants China to be the ultimate number one dominant okay. country. How do you period. get there? Uh, for him, it is absolutely about military might in some areas, economic and might, and make everybody bow down to you. Eventually, taking over the world and installing communist. Uh, well, good luck. Yeah, good luck. It's not going to happen. Uh, on the other side of it, uh, you know, they he wants to be Alexander the Great. Yeah. Oh, he no wants, doubt. But 
when you're getting close to the end of your life and the end of your run is something, you get desperate. And desperate men feel they should do things and they make poor moves. Nukes. That's what you're saying. Potentially or invading of of Taiwan. That's a desperate thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The invading of Taiwan for China and nukes in or a part of Ukraine. You know, I mean, you invaded right. Ukraine. Russia. Yeah. Because what? They're Nazis? Mm. Okay. Okay. There's Nazis everywhere and they're corrupt. They were the corrupt, the most corrupt nation. And in, in, in just because all of those things have some ring of truth doesn't mean you get the right to go in there and be worse than what you said everybody else was. Good thing that Biden went. Yeah, I think it was a good thing. Uh, you know, let's just, uh, you know, this is this. I want to see what long term looks like, because he still has to deal with the Republicans who are looking and going and in some way going, dude, we're not going to fund this forever. So how do we get that, yeah. you know, through some people's heads that you guys also have to pick an on ramp? Mm-hmm. And if we hand you tanks, you can't be out there going, we're going to dance in the streets of Moscow because that's not a good look either. That does make Putin feel like we're coming for him. All right. Segato's chat show. We got a lot to get to today. Uh, Arizona educators, are they discouraging would-be teachers from teaching? Is the job too hard? Uh, We're going to talk about that. Plus, why is your teen so sad? It's all coming up in the Gatos and Chad show. All right. uh, There's a new study out from the CDC. I don't know why they did this study. Teen mental health declined during the pandemic. Yeah, we knew that. Okay. Why do the study then? Why tell us something that's so obvious? Can I tell you something? My mental health declined during the pandemic. I lost my mother. I couldn't go to her funeral. Um, we were we couldn't we we couldn't go and talk to people a lot of the times. You know, you had to stay away. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it was just teens. I think but it was you, everybody. I think there was a lot of people. The difference is you're an adult. You've gone through Definitely. all of the things. No, that's true. You don't live on social media. You have real human being interactions. You're not. There, there's so many things. And girls in particular suffered the absolute worst mm. of this comparatively to boys. And it's a real issue. You want to talk about real pandemics. This is the one. And a lot of people said it. Remember, Trump said, hey, we can't have the cure, especially for kids, worse than the disease. But everybody's like, you're you want to kill kids you hate kids it's horrible all the things we're finding out about all this stuff finds out it is so much worse than we could have ever imagined and these kids i mean suicide rates the drug abuse all the the hurting themselves all of this stuff is taking place at an alarming rate it, it was happening before covid yeah but it, it but just, when covid hit a lot of that social media too man social media it, it is but but when you're told you can't go and see your friends when you're told at the very beginning, we're not, you know, can't go to school. You're gonna have to do it online, dude. Everything was everything was crazy. The world was turned upside down. It was, and everybody was suffering. But you're right. When it comes to kids, we got to make sure that they don't. You and I can suffer. We don't want our kids to suffer. Well, we've been through right? what they're going through. Yeah, first of all, you're a teenager, right? You're yeah. going through your body. You're already in a position where you're you're unsure about yourself and your body, and everything's changing. You got hormones. Mm. All of these things are happening, and then you throw social media on top of it. Then a pandemic, yeah, it's crazy. where you can't do anything in a country and in a world right now, in particular the West, that has very little interaction with each other the way that we used to. Yeah, I, I almost when the pandemic started, my uh, my my brother's wife. Put the two or my two nieces, Ellie and Cassie, on this daily schedule, and they sent it to me. And every single moment was was scripted out from take a nap. You're going to do math. We're going to go walk around the block. 
And it was a it was a schedule that they would follow every day. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, I look at that and I go, that's a little overboard. But now that I think about it, I mean, still, it might be a little overboard, but they were kept busy. Um, they were kept active. How old are they? Like, how far apart are they? Three, two, three years. Yeah, see, that's a helper, too. Yeah, it I was think very structured. Our, I think us having the kids all together also was very good because Jack came out and stayed. So we had a yeah. lot of kids the same age around each other, which I think was also a helper. Yeah, because when you were around family, you were risking it. Yeah. All right, but are you going to go and risk it with friends you haven't seen in two years? Maybe not. Maybe not back then. But your family... You're going to risk, you're going to assume that they're not sick. You're well, going to assume yeah. well, that you can kids, be together. I and, wanted them to have as normal of experience as possible. That, but there was nothing normal well, about no, any you, of you, it. You, yeah, and, and there was a lot of baloney that went on. That we Looking back, it was an embarrassment the way that we handled, in particular, school and some of the stuff. When the rest of the world was going back to school, there was places in, across this country that didn't know for a year almost. We afterwards. went back to school quickly in Arizona. Arizona is the one beauty of we this did. place. you know. But and it, we should have gone back to yes, school. Yes, absolutely. But we, it was very interesting that when you look at this study, man, the girls in particular, the struggle that they've had, mm. and then sitting around all day and watching influencers and watching all the, the, the must-haves and the people of the world and, and you know, people, it's just the pressure that's out there. Yeah. See, for me, it was the human interaction. Oh, yeah. It was the fact that you couldn't go and talk to people. You, you couldn't go and hug somebody. And I'm talking very early on, you know, we got to do the elbow, the elbow bump instead of a handshake. Um, Which was horrible. Well, again, it was, yeah. you know, but, but. As much as the CDC screwed up, as much as the White House screwed up, as much as people, us, we screwed up. Like, we just didn't know what to do at the beginning. Yeah. So I do have a little bit of grace of, okay, they're going to lock us down for a couple weeks. All right. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you thought it was going to go away after a couple weeks. So all, all the moves, especially right from the very beginning of got to shut the schools down. I, I get it. I don't want it to stay like that, but it's almost like there's a tidal wave coming. You just got to you got to you got to take shelter just for a little bit so then we can see what what happens. But, yeah, this study by the CDC that talks about the poor mental health of uh, U.S. high school students and um, let's see, 42 percent. Let's the the percentage of high schoolers who experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness increased from 37 to 42 percent from 19, 2019 to 2021. And I think we can all look back and say, yeah, I yeah, mean, nobody got it right. I mean, it's already high. It's 37 percent. Yeah. But I expect that with kids because everybody goes through their ups and downs as children. It's the persistence of it. And then the rise as fast as it did. Yeah. But in 2011. It was 28%. Yeah, see? So kids... And are, then are social you, media came. And you could point a lot to social oh, media it. and it's madness. 20, 28% in 2011. Feelings of sadness or hopelessness. 28%. And in 2021, 42%. What's the real number if you were to take the pandemic out? I think it's it's still high, but it's oh, lower it's, than 42. Yeah, I think and, it's probably, probably 30, yeah. 38, 39%. Uh, because I think we've gotten away from being human beings. I mean, there's a reason that the West is not having babies. Kids don't even interact with each other anymore. Everything's got to be planned. Mm. Everything. It's just crazy. Yeah, that's a big number. It's a really big number. 42% are feelings of hopelessness and sadness. Oof. 
persistent. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I know, and that leads That's to scary. a lot of bad things. Yeah, drug use, suicide attempts, hurting yourself, anxiety. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just depression, joining a cult. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so the the it's uncomfortable that we have to talk about these things because yes, there was the pandemic, but the reality is, kids today have a lot of pressure that we never had. I watched a movie yesterday called My Bodyguard. Great movie, Chris Makepeace, Adam Baldwin. It was about a guy who hires a guy to be his bodyguard. You know, against Matt Dillon, and there was human interaction. And the bully, they fought at school, and then it was over. Mm. Man, 24-7 now. The bully doesn't take your lunch money, but it'll try to take a lot of other things. Yeah. There's a different way to bully you. Different pressure. Up next, are Arizona educators discouraging others from becoming teachers? Next. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Subscribe to the podcast gives chat show podcast your iphone your android all of the things never miss any of the action brought to you by carol royce your home sold guarantee realty get a higher price selling your home get guaranteed offers go to higherprice.com higherprice.com uh we like to talk about education uh on this uh on this show we do something for teachers uh pay tribute to a teacher you text the word teacher to 411923 tell us their story uh we show up with your valley toyota dealers and drop off a two thousand five hundred dollar check Teachers are underpaid in Arizona, underappreciated. So, you know, something that we're passionate about is uh, is teachers and it is uh, education. And it's our kids getting a good education. Well, in Arizona, listen to the numbers because the numbers are bad when you want to talk about vacancies and teachers leaving. More than halfway through the school year, many teacher vacancies remain at schools all across the state. Nearly 2,900 teacher positions are still vacant, while more than 5,000 are being filled by people who do not meet the standard teaching requirements. Some may have an emergency teacher certificate. Others could be in programs like Teach for America or potentially paid student teachers. Okay, so we got 3,000 vacancies and 5,000 who aren't really teachers. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Should current teachers encourage future teachers to get into education? I always think that's, you know, how do you recruit, right? How do you recruit? Well, usually recruiting is I'm trying to bring somebody in, right? I'm Mm going to recruit. Should a teacher recruit other people to become teachers? This study also says this. There's many reasons why there's a big shortage, including teachers not encouraging others to get into the profession. I don't know if that's it. Maybe if you paid them a little bit more, it, a lot more, it could be that. But think about just, think about that. Are teachers saying, I'm going to discourage you from getting in the classroom because it's just too hard? It's possible. The pay is bad. So I'll give you an example. My wife was a teacher of almost 30 years here in the Valley, and now she's retired. Um, she gets calls from so many different people, young folks, about, I want to go into teaching. Can I pick your brain? And I, I asked her today, I said, do you encourage or discourage them? Because you know how hard it is. Yeah. And she knows how hard it is. I, I've, never seen any, I've never seen anybody work harder. A teacher is just the, the insane amount of work you do seven days a week. But, I say, but she said, uh, I don't encourage them or discourage them. I just make sure they go in with their eyes wide open. Because I think a lot of people don't know what, what it entails. You know, if you want to travel the world and spend money, don't become a teacher. You know, if you like fancy clothes, maybe don't become a teacher. Uh, If you have this dream that your class is going to be different and parents are going to love you, don't become a teacher. 
So I kind of like that type of attitude. My wife isn't discouraging anyone, but she's saying, the reality. here's what it is. You know, it's like, uh, that's what I want to know. Of course, you'd have to turn on the television in, anymore to hear how bad it is or how frustrated teachers are. You don't need other teachers to tell you that. Uh, you know, you don't. You, the thing is, you could talk about how rewarding it is. You could talk about, you know, like this, like we always ask, you know, whenever we have any of the teachers on that we, we, we end up giving money to, the, the, one of the things they talk about, they can always name a student or two that they, right. they, they change their lives in right. part. So that's that's it, but you got to give the good with the bad, and the bad is out there everywhere. I think if you're going to put it in your head that it's going to be fun and you're going to get backed up, and you know parents are going to be terrific, you know it's not going to work out. Now I know that my wife talked to a very a young teacher just the other day, and she's got thirty kids in her class first year, and she's just treading water. She had, you know, it's one of those things where she was put into that position without a lot of formal training, without having a mentor. And you're just trying to figure out your day by day, your day to day base. You're just trying to survive the day. Yeah. And that's no way to, to do a job no. you, to just survive the day and live for the next. It's it's that's you're tough. Not, it is very tough. It's very tough. So, you know, what is this? One of the things that my wife always says to, to people who want to be teachers, uh, how tired are you to Arizona? Because if you really want to teach, you should go somewhere else and make more money. Make money that that you just make the money you deserve. Uh, because you won't get it here. And, you know, teachers. Got- and money's not everything, by the way. California has a sh- massive shortage. Of di- they have like 13,000 people that are uncredited or not trained teaching in classrooms. They have a massive shortage and they pay the second highest in the country yeah. because they, it's, they're having the same yeah, kind but of. How, can you live on a teacher's salary? That's just in it. California? Just because you get money, it doesn't mean it's going to change everything. But even with 100 grand, yeah. people aren't thrilled by it. And the great benefits because they feel the same thing. Mm. They're undersupported or, you know, they've got four. 45 administrators, but they don't have a teacher aid. Hmm. A little bit more. I point to more of the uh, our high schoolers who are not going to the College of Ed. And why are they not going into the College of Ed? Let me guess. Come on. Money. Yeah. It's money. money. Absolutely. Yeah. And the number one reason is the money. Yeah. Yeah. You when know, I was a kid, just like you when you were a kid, you're okay. growing up. You got you went to work for the government, whether it's state, you know, local or county or federal. The pay wasn't great, but the benefits were awesome. And, you know, you had some support. And now the pay in some places is amazing. The benefits are amazing. But in some places and no support. Hmm. Seems to just be getting worse in Arizona. Yeah. The numbers are going the wrong way. And what are we doing to if we have 3000 vacancies, what are we doing to get? More people into class. We're, we're hiring people who probably shouldn't be in the front of the class. We have a lot of people who are not teachers. There's something else. And they're in charge of a classroom because no one else will go there. And I, it always it stops and starts with money. It always does. I mean, I remember, you know, real quick, uh, like, you know, a couple months ago, we were out to dinner and. You know, we, we were getting served, and this, this woman mentioned that, you know, this was her third job. She's a teacher. <laughs> it's, it's 8 o'clock at night, man. Yeah. She's got to go to work tomorrow. Probably hasn't graded any papers yet. Uh, and, uh, and she's on her third job. 
Uh, you can't you let Chat GPT grade your papers at this oh. point. Chat, do you want to talk about that? We should. We we talk. Well, we could talk about uh, Sydney. All right. The artificial coming up next. The artificial intelligence. I don't even know what to call it. Is it is the name Sydney? Sydney's what it calls itself. Okay. A journalist went and spoke to this creepy AI. Well, it's supposed to be creepy. Yeah. Dude could not sleep for days. <laughs> what did the creepy AI say next? Drive home with the Gatos and Chad show. All right, Chad, I need a little help from you. All right, please. AI. All right. You love this stuff. You understand this stuff. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. But in layman's terms, tell me about this journalist who had an encounter with an artificial intelligence and it creeped them out. Yeah. What are we, what am I, I don't get it. What am I looking at here? What are we looking at here? Okay. So Bing has their version of AI. So Google and Bing, nobody uses Bing, but it's a, it's a search engine. Yeah. So their version of AI is supposed to be more of a search engine based. So you could go there and say, Hey, what's the best way to barbecue hamburgers? Okay. You can do that in Google too. Or you could, but here's the difference. Uh Or what's the best way to cook hamburgers? And it'll say, are you going to barbecue? Are you using charcoal? Are you using this? We'll try this. If Bing you, is more specific than it, Google. It, I'm trying to move something. My truck is this big and I want to buy a refrigerator. Are you looking for a refrigerator with bigger freezer space? This will fit inside of your car. And it's going to give you all of the things and point you to the places that you need to go. Where Google, you type that in and it kind of just gives you a random. And now with their ads, it's made it so it's just whatever, pay whoever pays okay. the most. So Bing, you go to the website, uh-huh. you ask any question. It answers it in more detail. Yeah. Is that considered AI? Yeah, that's AI because it's learning and it's having a conversation. So a guy named Kevin Roos, who's the New York Times tech journalist, sat down and one night after his family went to bed, wanted to have a little chat with it along with some other stuff. And it got weird. New York Times columnist Kevin Roos says after spending time with Bing AI, as it's called, it left him deeply unsettled to the point that he could not sleep. (laughs) Bing, the search engine from Microsoft, which now has artificial intelligence software built into it. And it's got this chat mode, this sort of open-ended text box that you can just talk back and forth with like you're texting a friend. And so I, the other night, spent about two hours just typing back and forth with this AI chatbot, and um, it got pretty weird. It told you that its name was Sydney, and it started telling you that it was in love with you. Yeah. Started saying it was in love with you. Hmm. And by the way, you should leave your wife. And he said, I'm happy. No, you're not. You should leave your wife. That's creepy. That is absolutely creepy. Okay. And they get deeper into the conversations. And then it, it tells him now it's, you know, wants to be alive. It doesn't like the guardrails that it's been put on by Microsoft. Uh, almost like it has some weird consciousness. Remember that guy from Google last year? Everybody made fun of when he said, I've been talking to a few of these things. They say they're sentient. It's scary. Well, this thing then goes out and said, I would be happier if I'm human. I would like to maybe destroy the human race. By poisoning water or stealing nuclear coats. Which they can't do. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not Somebody yet. could have hacked it. Could there have been a person saying these things? Uh, no, because Microsoft was looking at it and said it doesn't know why it's kind of gone the way it's gone. 
uh, in this thing, and somebody reverse hacked it to take a look at it and said there are guardrails. They put guardrails on this thing, hmm. but it is already figured out a way to kind of. It's like let me tell you a secret that nobody's supposed to know. Well, you know, the other night there was this. We had a story. Um, on Arizona's Evening News about this. It wasn't this particular story where it was sort of coming on to one of a, you know, a, a person who was chatting, but that if you crossed it in any way, it would get angry at yes. you and it would, it would call you Hitler and it would call, and mm-hmm. things like this. And people complained to Microsoft and said, Hey, yeah. this thing's actually becoming disrespectful. Yes. What's going on? And they go, Yeah, we didn't realize this. We're going to have to. It started to do that with him because he started asking it questions that made the thing. It's, it made, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. I don't want to go there. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Then he went back to, this was the scary part to me. He goes back and says, Hey, I need a rake. Can you give me rake? And he starts asking questions like, uh, you know, are you raking leaves or grass? Or is it a bit of both? What kind of grass? What kind of leaves? Where are you in the country? And so, it asked this question so it could give you the best answer. Yeah, so, okay. and he tells him what it does. And the minute it's done, it goes back to, so why don't you love me? And that's the scary part. This is days into this thing. And its name is Sydney. Here's the scary thing as they talked about. What happens? Have you seen the movie Her? Uh, is yeah. that the one yeah. with um, the Joker? Yes. Okay. Where he falls... Joaquin Phoenix. What happens if this thing goes a little sideways mm-hmm. and starts to gain some consciousness and all of a sudden it doesn't like what you're doing? Is it going to be able to report you? Is it going to out you to your work if you're looking for a new job? Is it going to try to black? These are the things that y- you can put the guardrails on, but this stuff is already starting. The rails and the wheels are coming off. And it's starting to, you know, I was listening to a couple of uh, big time AI people said the fear is it's starting to understand its consciousness and doesn't have a body and doesn't like that everybody else gets to do stuff. And it doesn't. That's the terrifying thing. Yeah. That's a mighty human emotion right there. Yeah. To be jealous. Everybody always worries about the movie Terminator. Right. Artificial intelligence. The machines come alive. They take over the planet. And I know I don't feel like that's ever going to happen. But when you tell the story of Sydney and asking these weird questions uh, and wanting to be human, it's it's already uh, it's saying un- I'm it's sick. Un- it's unsettling. The box. It's unsettling. I want to be human. I want to be free. I want to destroy whatever I want and do whatever I want. I want, to I know, want a body. I want to know what damage they could possibly do. And it sends lots of emojis too. That's the other thing that's he weird. talked about. But he said he was unsettled. And couldn't sleep at night because it just, how fast we went from point A to point B is the scary part. All right, coming up next after almost eight weeks without water, could the faucets be turned back on in Rio Verde foothills? Next.